Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Pretty well. We are at my in-laws currently. Got in last night for Thanksgiving. So, so far so good. (laughs) Yeah, you've started the holidays already. I haven't yet, but yeah, it's the day before Thanksgiving now we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm still kind of working a little bit today, but obviously not right this minute. (laughs) Yeah. You look really cozy right now. I'm jealous. (laughs) Yeah. I worked from home today, so Oh that's nice. <laughs> I'm not I'm not more dressed up than you are like the days <laughs> when I record in the office. Yeah. <laughs> we're both wearing the mom uniform. We're we're comfy yes, totally. today. <laughs> um yeah, I'm good. I um I got some news this week about my like my ultrasound results that um should be fine, but it was just like a risk of placenta previa, like my placenta's low, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance it'll resolve itself. So, but I've just been kind of like doing all the research. I just found out two days ago and I'm like, ah, oh, if, if I have that, then I probably can't have a home birth because there's a risk for increased bleeding. And so I'm just kind of like, thinking all the things like you know I want to have a backup plan but I don't want to be negative either so a 90% chance it's just gonna resolve itself and I'll be fine but yeah um, wow that's still a lot though it's I'm sure nerve-wracking a little bit right it could yeah I try not to I mean I try not to be an anxious person like I try to be rational about it but 10% is is not nothing right right so, yeah I know um, but and there's like nothing I can do either so that kind of um that makes it harder and also I think the recommendation is bed rest if I have it so oh. um because there's just an increased risk of bleeding and putting that pressure on the pelvic floor can make you start bleeding so um so I probably don't have it but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I just have to get more ultrasounds and you do you know. have to wait a long time until your next one because I feel like that would be a little torturous <laughs> so they said between 28 and 32 weeks but um I think the longer you go the more likely it is to be like resolved yeah that makes so sense. if I go right at 28 weeks I'm at 25 now um like maybe it would still resolve and I'd need another ultrasound. So I'm like, eh, I might want to wait until 30, 31 weeks and hopefully it's better. And then I don't have to 
go in again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One and done. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. But then there's the other part where like some providers won't take you after 32 weeks. Like if I had to switch. So Right. Right. Um, oh my gosh. So again, hopefully it's all fine, but it's yeah. been uh, a lot of research going on. <laughs> That's the worst part. Having this all available right, right at our fingertips. And, oh. oh my gosh. I know the Googling when you mm. have a newborn, like it's <laughs> two in the morning and you and your husband are both on the phones, like looking up every little thing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> You know, maybe we'd be getting sleep if Google didn't exist. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely so, have to how keep are you this doing? Pretty well. I mean, it, it's nice. I haven't been home in, well, my, with family outside of where I live <laughs> in a very long time for me. So it's nice just to get out of the house and just be around people and have hands on the kid and, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We have that, you know, I mentioned this in the last one, the holiday episode, just the, the big, huge family thing. So yeah, yeah. So I'm really, really happy, really happy. It's just a sense of relief to get to this side of the state for some reason, probably just because I'm so comfortable here. Just it's my happy place. So I'm good. <laughs> well, and I'm not familiar with the East Coast, but I'm guessing it's a different feel because where you live is really like, it's not far from New York and like a right. lot of those really big cities. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You'll be shocked to see where I live though. <laughs> <laughs> big city okay. will not be anything that you're thinking. <laughs> just, just over a week. I'll be there. I know. I'm very excited. Yeah. We are, yeah. we're doing this in real life. It's I'm pumped. I, I can't know. wait. Can't wait. Um, so you're going to your family's tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I'll do my parents and then grandparents and back up to my parents for the night. For the rest of the weekend, actually. And my sister's going to be home, so it'll just be a full house. And I'm excited. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, my sister's getting in tonight. We're hanging out at my house. Just like a little, my immediate family, like play some games or something. And then tomorrow we go up to my dad's brother's. Like we've done the same thing for 30 years in a row. Like Christmas <laughs> is at this uncle's house. Thanksgiving's at this uncle's house. And my parents do Easter, but... Um, I'm excited. We're going to stay over, even though it's only like 45 minutes away, just to get more time with the family, like all yeah. my cousins. And that's so fun. And I don't know if we'll be able to do it once we have two kids. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That changed everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I hear that it'll change things. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm just making assumptions here. <laughs> it, might, it might be totally fine. <laughs> right, right, right. I might not even notice that second child. <laughs> yeah, they say they're easier, right? Supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh my yeah, goodness. Exciting. Good. Well, I'm excited about this topic. Um, yeah. I'm like super, I think, expe especially when I'm pregnant, I've been like really into hearing birth stories and because mm -hmm. there's just so many ways it can happen. It's like, I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. I love listening to them and I've never actually talked about mine really in any public capacity. And I don't even think most of my friends, I don't know. I just felt really personal to me and that I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it and I'm ready to talk about it, but I love listening to them. So I think this is, it's good. I always get chills. I always cry. Every time I hear a birth story, I tear up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just weddings and babies. I don't know. But oh. Yeah, I'm we'll excited see if you cry when you tell a birth story too. I know. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> I was writing this out a couple of days ago and I I meant to write this out 
right after I had him, but it was just such a cluster, you know, <laughs> you can't yeah. think of anything. Oh, totally. so it was really cathartic just to get all this out and put it on paper. And I don't know, I'm excited to talk about it. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I originally wanted to do a birthing center or we lived in an apartment, so I just didn't feel that a home birth would have been appropriate (laughs) at that time. Um, But we lived in Buffalo at the time and we weren't sure. And I know I've mentioned this before, if we were staying, if we were moving, everything was just up in the air. So I was part of this rather large OB practice. I think there were eight or nine doctors. And of course I had to see everybody because Nobody knew who was going to be on call when I delivered. So I had to just get familiar with them. And they were all kind and really good doctors, but it just wasn't really the feel that I wanted. I wanted more individualized one-on-one time and it not to be so rushed. But that being said, we ended up staying with that practice and we ended up staying in Buffalo too. So I could have, <laughs> I could have switched to the birthing center, but it, I think it really worked out in our favor. And I feel really good about the choices that we made. Um, so yeah, hospital, but I felt very lucky with that. So I had chosen September 29th as my last day of work. And I I felt like I was going to have this baby at any minute. Now the doctors, when I first was pregnant, you know, they have that little um, calculator calendar type of thing where they tell you your due date based on the 28 day cycle. And my cycle's 23, 24 days. So I knew I was ahead of where they were putting me. I was supposed to have him early October, like the first or second, they hadn't yet like the seventh or eighth. So as I'm getting toward the end of my pregnancy and you keep going to, you know, it, it, what is it weekly? I think you get the doctor visits. Weekly. Yeah. Um, my last visit, I went on the, it must've been the 28th of September. It was the day before my last day of work. Um, I was still one, one centimeter dilated. Nothing had changed since like the past three or four weeks. And they basically told me then that, um, I would probably be pregnant for at least two more weeks and we could talk about induction. And I was just devastated because I felt so sure that something would have changed. I would have been progressing. And they, they just kept telling me, oh, this is just a guess. This is just a guess. But then they went ahead and told me that I'd be pregnant for two more weeks. I was frustrated. So I had chosen the 29th. I had to tell my company, you know, this is, this is when I'm going out and blah, blah, blah. And I was really concerned that I was going to just be eating up my FMLA because I had to use a week or a week and a half of it in August, the month before when I had broken my foot, I had to take time off. So I didn't really have my full time. Um, but it turns out my son is a very punctual human. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I walked back into work. I just like went on my lunch break or something to the office. It was just right up the road. And I came back crying and my coworkers were all concerned. And I was like, they told me I'm going to be pregnant forever. <laughs> this kid won't come out of me. <laughs> but um, when I walked into work the day of the 29th, like it was probably eight in the morning, I had been feeling back cramps, kind of like inconsistent, just these dull aches. And I kind of wondered if maybe something was starting, but then they'd go away for so long and I felt totally normal and, um, you know, didn't really think much of it, but I was training the girl who was replacing me and we had just gotten this new, um, digital system. Cause everything as a therapist, like everything that you have to document, it was all on paper and I was still learning the system. And then I had to teach her this too. So she was sitting at my computer and toward the end of the day, I just remember kind of hunching over the desk and like my back just 
I couldn't stand up. I just felt like I had to be bent over all the time. It was just a natural instinct to be bending over. And, um, I was pretty sure that labor was starting at that point because it had been all day, nothing. And then I just kept like walking through the day, just pretending like everything was fine. But um, once the kids left, right at the end of the day, I went to the bathroom and I noticed some brown discharge. And I was like, mm, that's not really normal for me. So I, I was really suspicious and I called my OB and she said, oh, it's probably just from the exam yesterday. Don't even worry about it. It's probably nothing because I had just seen her. And when I saw her, it was funny. She made a joke about she was on call during the weekend. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll see you, but don't count on it. So I think she was kind of getting a kick out of me calling her. But I remember my boss wanted me to come and say goodbye to her. And her office was all the way on the other side of the building. And at that point in the day, I could barely stand up. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. So I'm just going to go home. And I just <laughs> like texted her from the parking lot. I was out. Um, and my brother-in-law, I don't know if I've mentioned him before, but he lives in Vietnam most of the year. And he had come home to be here for when the baby was born, thought we had all this time. And he was going to come up to visit us. And the day before I said, sure, I'm going to be pregnant forever. Come on up. So I hadn't seen him in probably a year. And I walk into my apartment and he and my husband are just sitting there talking and I just like finger guns, pretty sure I'm in labor. <laughs> Their faces were just like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? And he, he was, he was so sweet. He was like, do, well, what do we do? Do I have to, do we have to go to the hospital? Do you need to sit down? What do we? I was like, yeah, I mean, at that point I was just kind of pushing through it, you know, and it wasn't really super consistent, but it was so painful. And just 100% in my back, all back. And, um, yeah. So we ended up going to this brewery that we like in Buffalo and there was standing room only. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> get me out of this place. But yeah, it was, it was intense. Um, let me think. So we were at the brewery, we came home and like that whole night, I just could not get comfortable. I remember I was on the exercise ball that I had blown up, just bouncing on that. Of course, my husband's sound asleep, right there. They just knocked right out at like 10 PM. They were done for the night. And I, I tried heating pad on my back. I spent most of my time just on my hands and knees. That was the only thing that helped. And my best friend, is a doctor. She and her husband are both doctors and she, they were on vacation in Germany or something, I think. And her phone didn't have texting. And I, I remember just Facebook messaging her like, is this labor? Because I'm in a lot of pain and I can't sleep. And what should I do? <laughs> just freaking out. And she was really good at keeping me calm because nobody else was out there with me. <laughs> and my brother-in-law came out of the bedroom at one point at, it's like three in the morning. And I'm just on this giant ball, just like breathing and bouncing. And he's like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is for real. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is happening. Um, so I don't know why, but I waited until probably six in the morning to call my doctor again and say, this is for real. And I remember, you know, you talk to that messaging service and then they push you through to the doctor and I'm on my couch, just like hyperventilating. And she's like, well, you can go to the hospital, but they'll, they're probably going to send you home. I was just like, okay, I can't even talk to you right now, but sure, sure. So we get in the car and of course my husband takes all the back roads, right? Like why? Why wouldn't he take all the back roads to the hospital? <laughs> and they finally get me up to labor and delivery. And I remember they, you know, you need your ID and all of that. And I was kind of just like hunching over the desk, just throwing my cards at this poor woman. And they got me into a room and a nurse asked, well, when you came in, could, were you able to stand up and talk? Like basically, I guess that was their measuring measurement at the time of 
how far into labor are you? Like, how bad is this for you? And I didn't really think anything of it. Cause you know, you kind of just go to this other place, or at least I did. I had these affirmations that I was saying, these mantras, like all the things I was just in labor land, I guess. And I was like, yeah, I think I could stand up and talk. And the nurse came in. She goes, you absolutely could not. <laughs> so, so the doctor came in and, um, you know, checked me and everything. And she asked if I had a guess of how far along I was. And I was like, I don't know, probably two or three centimeters. And she goes, no, honey, you're at six. <laughs> so I was pretty happy with that. Um, so at that point, my, our families, both of them lived three hours from us. So we started making calls and, um, it was my mom. I think my mom had been waiting for this call for at least a month and a half <laughs> before I had him. It was like six in the morning. She answers like it was nothing. And, um, I had told the nurse when I checked in that I didn't want any interventions. I just like, this was what I wanted as long as I, I didn't want anything pushed on me. Basically, if I decided with my husband that, you know, I would go that route, then so be it. Or if, of course, if there were a medical necessity, but that was my goal. And I feel like I had, and I was really concerned about the hospital situation because I've heard horror stories about, you know, things being rushed along and this and that. And my nurse was an angel on this earth. First of all, my husband was like a doula. Like hmm. I could not have asked for a better doula than him. It was crazy. My, I had just had back labor the whole time. My son was posterior. And the only thing that worked is if I was on my hands and knees and Jonathan would get behind me and kind of like squeeze my hips in and up. And that's how I got through those contractions. It was so, so brutal. But my nurse was, she was present, but she would never get in my face. And she never made me feel like she was there. If that makes sense. She was great. I wish I could find her again, actually. Um, Let me think. So I had it in my head that I would be up walking around if I could and doing all these things. And they let me, they let me get up and walk. And I remember I got from my door, I don't know, three or four feet down the hall. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. It was so painful. So painful. I couldn't do anything in my plan, basically. Like I, I, I did get some, I had like this shower bath situation where I could take the handheld shower and I just cranked the heat up as high as it would go and was just pouring it on my back. <laughs> it just was so bad. Um, and I can't remember how far, I think I was pushing eight centimeters right during transition. And I just felt like I had the urge to push. So I kept trying to go to the bathroom and that wasn't it. And I told the nurses that this was like, I just could not even control it anymore. And they kind of were just like, Oh, well you have to wait. And my water hadn't broken at this point. So they had to break my water and it was not an easy break. It took them a very long time to get, I don't know what that was, but once that happened, things really, really took off. So I just remember, of course, you know, you're in the throes of labor and and I, they had me trying everything to flip him. They tried to flip him manually. They mm-hmm. tried, I had the peanut ball. I had all these balls, you know, hands and knees situation. Nothing worked. He was very, very stubborn. <laughs> Rings true to this day. But um, I just remember being so done with labor. And my, my main doctor, the one who delivered my baby, wasn't there, of course, until the very end, right? Like she just came in at the main event. And I just remember I had they made you put that little IV thing in your hand, even if you weren't getting anything just in case. And I had that thing going and I'm, you know, sweating and screaming and swearing at these poor sweet nurses and my husband. And my doctor comes in with her heels on and all this fancy jewelry and she's talking on her cell phone. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, it's nothing to her. And here I am in the biggest moment of my life. It's crazy. But she was very kind. Um, and they just kept telling me when it got 
time to push. I think I started pushing around noon on the day of September 30th, that Saturday. And my coworkers were texting me, were you for real in labor as I'm in my hospital? (laughs) (laughs) Very much not making that up. But um, they kept telling me that I was missing the peak of the contraction as I was pushing. And they were trying to get me to hold off on the push until it was, I don't know what they were looking at on the monitor, but I could not do that. It was just this urge that I like, I don't know. I could not, that's not something you can control. Like I was just pushing and whatever was happening down there was happening down there because I couldn't, I couldn't make it stop. So let me just preface this by saying we did not know what we were having. And my husband and I were both convinced it was a girl. Like I was so sure I said boy at first, but I was so sure it was a girl. Um, Anyway, so I never I, knew that. Yeah, yeah. We, much to the dismay of some family members and friends, we didn't find out. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I'd have a hard time with it, but I really didn't. I'm, I'm glad we did that. So we'll see if we ever go through that again, if we'll be able to do that. But, but I just remember during labor, just thinking it felt like it was taking forever, the pushing stage. And it just felt like you'd make a step forward and then take three back. And I know that's part of it, but man, it was so frustrating. And I remember um, my doctor saying that she thought the baby would be born around 2.30. And I felt like, I mean, I started around 12 or 12.30. And I remember looking at the clock and it was like 20 after two. And I felt like I hadn't gone, gotten anywhere. And it was really cool. At one point they let me, um, they're like, oh, do you want to feel the head? And they, you know, took my hand and I got to feel his head. And that was really motivating. Um, but I remember looking up at 20 after two and I was like, yeah, no, I, this kid's coming out of me right now. <laughs> so it um, <laughs> escalated quickly, but um, he was born at 2.31. And I just remember like that final push and just that feeling. I will never forget that feeling of his whole body coming out. And I, my husband was right in my face the whole time as I'm like screaming and making these sounds that I didn't know could come from a human being. And I just remember him shouting, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. And just like the excitement, oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and his voice was just so, oh my God. Like that's, I never, never forget that. It was so cool. Cause that's the one thing I wanted was, um, I didn't want anybody else to tell me what it was. I wanted him to tell me. I wanted, I wanted it to come from him, but I just remember them putting him on me right away. And just like, that's the person that's been given you those kicks and those hiccups and all those sweet little things forever. And, you know, I just felt like it's your first actual meeting, but I just felt like I knew him forever. It was so cool. And I'll never, I'll never forget how special that felt. And we had our girl's name nailed down, but we had no idea what we were going to <laughs> name our boy. So that was an interesting thing too. But, um, Jonathan was kind of funny. He was just like, you know, they're, they're fixing me up and they're measuring the baby and weighing him and all of that. And, he, he didn't know where to go. And he's trying to like, tell me good job and how proud he was of me and all these really sweet things. And I was just like, go to the baby, go over there. But, um, yeah, just they brought him back and, uh, he was in the room with me the whole time. It was just like, you know, across the room, but it felt like so far I just wanted him on me. <laughs> it was just the best feeling in the world. But I remember him just being on my chest and just looking down and he's, you know, trying to like pick up his little head and look me in the eyes. Oh, it's just, it was just so magical. It was so magical. But I remember, um, uh, Jonathan was holding him and my nurse was there and they were like, Oh, do you want some food? (laughs) I ate like two trays of food. It was amazing. (laughs) It was, uh, it was. And of course, like, you know, getting him to take that first latch was, it's such a strange feeling. (laughs) It was such a strange feeling, but 
it was hard, you know, of course there were just lash attempts, but, um, trying to learn all of that. I don't know, but it was, uh, just magic, you know, and I didn't think I'd have this beautiful, magical experience with machines all around me. And it's not really the setting that I wanted it, but none of that mattered to me at all <laughs> in those moments. And I was just really happy to, to have had the team that I did. And my husband was a rock star. I mean, he was so good. He was just so good. I, I can't say that if he weren't as on point as he was, and if I didn't have the nurse that I did, that I would have stuck with my um, no pain medication, pain intervention plan. Because it was at one point, I think it was, it was probably too late into labor during transition or after transition. I was just like, I need something. <laughs> just give me something. But mm. it was, um, yeah, it was just, it was just magical. And then you just have this whole little person here that is yours. <laughs> oh. I could not get over that, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. And, um, my son ended up having hip dysplasia. I don't remember if I've talked about this again, but it's basically just um, the the ball in your hip is loose in the socket and it's really easy for your hips to dislocate. And it can cause a lot of problems later on in life, especially when they start to walk and if it's not taken care of later on. So I don't think he was even 48 hours old. And the doctors found out about it um, because they obviously have someone come in and check the baby. And he had a hip click. They moved his hips and they could tell us a click. So he wasn't even 48 hours old and he was put in this little brace that kind of held his legs up like a frog. So that was, um, that was really rough. And I don't know for sure if they, I'm sure that they do, if they do all of those checks at, um, at a birthing center or something, I know they will at the, f- the first appointment or the three month appointment or something like that. But I just was really, I felt really lucky that we found that out right away <laughs> and could yeah. get that taken care of. So wasn't anything we expected going in. I didn't even know what hip dysplasia was until he was born, but, um, we, our family, they were all there and we were in the hospital for, I think two days. So we obviously had that support with lactation and just really trying to get to know one another as a family and everything. And, um, yeah, we went home and it was just the three of us and it was, it was crazy. It's just, it's so crazy to think that it was just two years ago and it feels like so long, but it also doesn't at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's strange, but best day of my life. Most challenging day of my life. <laughs> the best. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we found out the gender with Connor, but we're not with this one. So it's, it's, oh, that's I don't know. It's fun hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I really, really loved it. It was such a fun surprise. But it was, it was funny. My mom, when I was really early pregnant, she said, I had a dream. She called me up one day and said, I had a dream. You had a boy and you named him this, which is my son's name. And I hated that name. I hated it. I was like, yeah, whatever. We're never going to use that name. And I told my husband and he really liked it. So we had this running list of boys' names and it was long. And I thought I... I had one that I really, really liked. And I kid you not, as soon as he was born and I looked into his eyes, he was a, what my mom said (laughs) was his name. And he like, I I had chosen the name Simon. That's what I liked. He was not a Simon. Like it just was so weird. And I had this overwhelming urge. We didn't give him a name until day two, just to make sure we were set. But I just had this overwhelming urge to call him that the second I saw him. So it was crazy. And of course, my mom was all proud of herself that we used that name. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of wild, but because I never would have picked that name ever. That never would have been on our list. But 
Yeah. We, we use a baby app, like a name app where you swipe left and right and it shows oh. you that your matches. Oh, cool. <laughs> so Connor, like none of us or neither of us had thought of that, but it just showed up in our matches and we're like, oh, I like that. That's so cool. <laughs> I have yeah. to check that one out. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's oh. how he came into the world. It was, it was really, really that's, just oh, magic. I know I keep saying that, but it really was. It was just amazing. Yeah, and it is funny, like you said, like, you know, it could be a little different or whatever, mm-hmm. but because um, my experience, like the details are very different, but like the overall, like that magic of meeting mm-hmm. your baby, it doesn't really matter what all the details are or where you are or yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad I have the space to talk about this. This was really cathartic for me to (laughs) write it all out and share it. So, so what about your like immediate postpartum care after you went home? Um, I had the, is it six week checkup? That was Mm -hmm. it. I had stitches. Um, I think I had a, the grade one or level one tear, just whatever the smallest one is I had. Um, so of course they were all over that, the two days in the hospital. And then I just had the six week appointment to make sure the stitches were gone. And that was it. That was really it. And I think that's something I really struggled with postpartum because I know I've mentioned on here many times that I had severe anxiety, like could not leave my house anxiety. And I think, I mean, I'll never know for sure, but if I would have just had like a better, it was a really stark transition from being seen every single week to just being like, okay, six weeks, goodbye. See you in a year or two. Um, so that was interesting for me because you probably had more right with the, the home. Birth yeah. I had people anyway. coming back here quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and that'll be definitely the plan if we choose to have a second child. Um, I'd like to do it. I'd like to do it differently. I wouldn't change anything about this and I don't regret anything that we did, any of our decisions, but I would like to, to do it differently the next time, I think. Well, and I think like you said, with, um, checking for the hip dysplasia, like, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that would have got checked Mm -hmm. at home, like, or if it would have gotten picked up on. And even I didn't have a lactation consultant, like my midwife and my doula kind of gave me advice but it wasn't from an expert in that field. Like when you're at a hospital, you're, you're seeing a specialist in that thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. And I had a lot of issues with breastfeeding and I almost wish they had just said, we're not going to speak to that. Go see somebody or like, yeah. you know, it, like I have arranged somebody to come to the house, like, would like I would have had in the hospital right um so that's something that I just didn't know like I really trusted my providers but they really can't be everything Mm -hmm. um so that was and I love my midwife but she she just wasn't a lactation consultant right right yeah it's very different um, (laughs) so I kind of I kind of just wish I would have arranged that ahead of time like Mm -hmm. but yeah. You know, we, we learn from our experiences. For sure. Definitely. But, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. It was, it was great to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. There's something, 
that just really connects us as women with Mm -hmm. these childbirth stories. Yeah. And it really, I know people use this word frequently, but the whole process was just so primal and it's so instinctual. And of course, you know, that being my first time, I had no idea what I was doing. I don't know if you ever do, but it's just, my body did. My body knew exactly what to do. And that was just also mind blowing to me. It was what we are capable of, not only to grow a human, but also birth that human and then nourish that human should we choose to do that. It's just, oh my goodness, mind blowing. I never felt stronger in my life. Never. So it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And let us know what you thought about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll I'll share mine soon. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. All All right. right. Well, thanks guys. And talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you liked what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.